0: Welcome to another episode of Tied Together, the podcast from Keysus. This episode is a little shorter than normal. We focus right in on a single important topic experience inflation. Experience inflation is all around us. It increases our expectations in the way we interact and experience the services and products we use. As ever, please reach out to us via tied together at keysus.co.uk if you have any questions about this episode. And please share this podcast with as many people as you can. So on with the episode. We hope you enjoy it. Joining me today is Fraser Meikle. Fraser's our head of business development at Cahesis.
1: Before we get started, Fraser, hear a little bit about your story. So I've been at Keysis for about five years now. So started at the pointy end of business development, uh, going and arranging meetings for other people to go and attend. Uh, and over the last five years, that sort of developed into, uh, holding the relationships that Keyes has with our clients. So going and initiating conversations that might be interesting where we can go and add some real value. And, um, yeah, trying to develop those into, into partnerships for us.
0: Great. And today, we're talking about a subject that I think is very close to your heart, which is experience inflation. Can you just give us a kind of an idea of, of what that means?
1: I, yes, I can give you an idea of what I think it means. So, uh to caveat... I don't know if this is a term. I think this is, it's, it's something I've seen around, but it seems to have various definitions when you look at different places. So I'll give you what I think it is. So my thoughts on experience inflation are essentially every time you have an interaction with an organization or business, your standard for what is to be expected um, is set so when i go and interact with an ecom site i always expect it to be just as easy and simple as the experience i have on amazon when i go and search for something somewhere i expect it to be as easy as it is to go and search on google so we've got this uh this challenge where this all these different experiences that we're having every day so digital and mm. uh, in the physical world and this experience level is continually inflating.
0: So I think I suffered from that recently because uh, a lot of parcels I get from Amazon come through DPD. And DPD has got this beautiful app and it it messages you and says, oh, by the way, you've got a delivery today. And then, you know, your delivery driver is going to be here at, you know, almost exactly whatever time it's going to be. And you get this gorgeous map, which incidentally, they've just changed. So they made it into a Santa sleigh for Christmas, which I think is ever so cute. And you just have that expectation. And then one of our incredibly nice suppliers sent us a gift and but they were shipping it through this weird company I'd never heard of and strangely the experience for that was terrible in, in, in fact uh, it sort of said it was going to be delivered and then funnily enough it didn't get delivered and then I had to phone them and then I found out that they were going to send it back again and it was it was a bit of a mess completely different to the 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 other experience of dpd is is that's essentially what you're talking about
1: yeah absolutely so i don't know if you've seen those jokes that go around around career companies so dpd your parcel will be delivered between 11 and 12 by a guy called john and then you get down to sort of uh, amazon delivery service your delivery will be delivered tomorrow yodel your delivery will be at some point maybe and then you go off to somebody like hermes and it's uh what delivery <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a few stories there anyway i think we'll get off the subject but yeah okay so so it's not just you that have that have coined this phrase experience inflation are you saying that other people are noticing this as well yeah
1: definitely so if you go and google experience inflation you'll see lots of different definitions from lots of different people with different opinions about what it what it is but i think that the the central point is that The experiences that we create for our customers as businesses or organizations are incredibly important. They're all we really have, and we need to make them better. Roughly, the uh, the central theme.
0: So in saying that, you said something really powerful there. You said the experiences are all we really have with our customers. So people listening to this who are in an organization, they're responsible, accountable in some way for the experience that people have on the digital channels for that organization they should be thinking in those terms they should be thinking that the experience is all they really have with the customer the clients that they serve
1: yeah absolutely everything else that they're doing if if they don't think it's part of this the experience you can almost guarantee when you go and dig into it it is in some way laddering up to the experience that they're creating whether that's you know the the pricing structure that they're using that's in order to make the experience for customers easier so they can go and see what what it is that the service or product's going to cost them if it's around the way that something is um, packaged up that's around the experience that somebody gets when they go and open that product everything in in any sense <laughs> that you're doing that interacts with your customers is all around creating a better experience
0: and do you think do you think that sometimes there can be too much experience what do i mean by that do you think that you can go the other way that some companies are you know have too much experience I, I what am i trying to say here i'm trying to say that i certainly know a few people in my life who get frustrated sometimes by grandeur of experience they just want the answer uh
1: does that does this fit in in with this at all in, in some way yeah but i suppose i would argue that's then a bad experience if you are providing a service where you're supposed to be providing a simple answer or a simple one-click process to go and purchase a product and you're turning it into a big long convoluted story where you go and tell somebody all about the history of your brand that maybe they're not necessarily uh, too interested in then you can actually be creating a bad experience by almost investing too much <laughs>
0: Hmm, interesting. All
1: right. Well, with that in mind, have you got any kind of examples
0: of, of, uh, you know, to demonstrate what you're, what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, definitely. So on the, on the negative side, on the going too far side, there, there's interesting ways that some companies try and create experiences for their customers. So if you look at somebody like Ryanair who are, uh, you know, universally thought of as creating it slightly difficult for for customers to uh, to abide by all the rules. In one sense, what they're doing in the experience that they're creating for their customers is they're making you feel like you have won. So when you go and buy your flight from Ryanair for nine ninety nine, and you know there's fifteen rules that you have to comply with around your luggage, around printing your own boarding pass, they give you the the sort of experience where. You're you're almost in battle with them, and you need to go and tick those boxes. And there's a sort of self, a sense of satisfaction in going and making sure that you've uh, followed all the rules. You're not getting any of these extra uplift charges that all these other people get. Is it, is it a bit like a tough mother? It's a bit like a tough mother. It's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So you you feel you feel a kind of a sense of achievement. Yeah, I think if you if you get to the uh, the gate of your Ryanair flight. And they don't go and take your bag and, uh, measure it. And you get on the plane. If it was, and they handed you a free bottle of water, I think, or something like that, you'd feel almost hard done by. You didn't, uh, <laughs> you didn't get the true, uh, the true experience that you're, that you're expecting. There's a reason they went and invested a whole bunch of, um, effort into making the colors that they selected for their brand feel cheap. EasyJet did the same. Their neon orange was specifically chosen so that it feels cheap. It feels like you are definitely getting incredible value for money, even though by the time you've added on uh, seat selection, your bag, and, uh, and a couple of other extras, you may have been cheaper going BA.
0: That's in- interesting. I- I'd never really I'd never really thought about it like that. Okay. Uh, are there any other I- examples, maybe people who are doing it a different
1: way? So if we talk about the uh, the motor industry... There's an interesting uh, company called Carwell where you can go and put in all the different parameters that you're looking for. So I'm looking for Ford Fiesta in red this year, this engine. And I want it in automatic. And you can sort of turn the entire car purchasing process on its head. So you can go and have the dealerships come to you with their quotes, rather than you having to go and kick tires at four different dealerships. That's a really interesting way of saying you as the customer are king. It's our job to come and wow you, not the other way around. And there's a whole bunch of industries where interesting models like that could definitely be useful so travel is a really interesting one i think there's different reasons why you want to book a a certain holiday so for some people it might be they want to go to a specific place at a specific time for some people they've got some time off work in march and they want to go and book a trip that uses the right days Uh, on a lot of sites it's really really difficult to go and um, give that information to the company without having to go and give information that you don't necessarily have. So when I go on a lot of travel sites, it says, first, where do you want to go? And the answer, I don't know, <laughs> isn't acceptable a lot of places. But in reality, that's what you're actually trying to say to them. You're trying to say, I want a cheap break somewhere that's not too far away on these dates, because that's when I've got some holiday time. What do you have for me? So if you take something like the, the Carwow model, You could be saying to the market, this is what I want. Who's going to offer me? Who's going to offer me the best product?
0: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I I think, you know, you often walk past and, you know, travel agents in the street and you think to yourself, now, now, you know, um, a lot of people are booking online. Travel agents are still going, but that's the experience that they give you, isn't it? A travel agent. When you go in, you can say to them, I have no idea where I want to go. I just know that I've got these dates because that's school holidays and I need it to be beach and and it needs to be hot and, you know, no chance of rain. Could you please tell me where I can go? And and they'll be able to do that for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's almost where we're trying to get to with a lot of these digital experiences. We're trying to get as close as humanly possible to that go and sit down and chat to somebody in a travel agent experience from your sofa. You're trying to do that at scale. You're trying to get as close to here's the individual relationship that I'm building with this brand as you possibly can just without having to to physically visit in store. Music services used to be very much in the
0: way that you first described. So you had to go and find the music that you wanted to listen to. But music services have, have worked this out, and especially Spotify. And, and, you know, they'll now put a mix together of things that you would probably listen to, you know, and they so they're now suggesting to you. So you are you saying really the next stage in experience inflation is that people are not going to expect just to be able to search quickly, but they're going to be out they're going to expect for to have an almost like a concierge, you know, when we talk about travel industry, that's where that word came from. But um something that suggests the things that you might like?
1: Yeah, I think that's a big thing for a lot of uh, organizations, that's going to be a big part of it. It's creating that concierge style experience. I think for a lot, the, the next piece after that will be around. Sorting and filtering. Once you've got this information, it's how it's presented to you. So you don't want, here's 3000 options that all match what you're, what you're wanting. So Spotify don't do that to you. They don't go, here's 3000 different songs that you might be interested in. They go, here's a list of 20 in a playlist that we've created for you. And then they uh, sort of adapt from then. So I think there's the, the first bit of the, you're not having to search for yourself. They're doing that hard work for you they're doing the heavy lifting and then the next bit of from what there is available they're helping you search sort filter in a nice easy way so you don't have to spend too much time going and digging through what's being presented and once people start to have this experience in one
0: place do you think that they start to expect the same type of thing in a different place so you know as i said you you definitely music services have moved that way so you People are expecting now more when they go to a travel site that they really can just say, "Well, you know, just show me what you've got for these specific scenario." And say, "School holidays are important to me. Uh, beach is important to me." And then, and then it
1: just works it out. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think we could we could go and say that you know, experience inflation almost leads to expectation inflation. As you go and um, have these inflated experiences all over the place, your expectations are continually raised and i definitely think that's across industries i don't think it's necessarily within one i think when you go and have a really good experience with one company in a particular industry i think that also raises your expectations across all of your digital interactions
0: and to do that obviously these companies could either ask you more questions or they could use data to do that now you know, have you seen examples of, of people trying to be very clever with data to give you more suggestions, think for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Netflix is obviously an incredibly interesting one. So when you when I go into my Netflix account, it knows far more about me than I know about me. It knows exactly what I want to be watching. So I can go in and the scroll through the suggestions and uh, within a few clicks, I'm Highly likely to go and find something that uh, that I'm going to like. Okay. So I think I think there's this there's almost a, a ceiling in what you should do with this data. I think it's there's a line where you're incredibly useful as a as a business. What you're presenting to somebody, so we know all about you, and we can serve the right products up, but there is definitely a line where it goes too far and becomes slightly creepy. So I got an email from a travel company who I'd previously booked with, and they said to me in the email, are you bored of your commute from my local town to London, naming where I lived? Which it's a bit like, I know you know that information, <laughs> but you don't need to tell me you know that. It's uh, it's definitely, there's definitely areas where you can go a bit too far.
0: So there's a real fine balance between enabling people to find and to consume your product service that that you sell uh, and actually just creeping them out by using, overtly using their data.
1: Yeah, and I think the line can almost be defined as if you notice it, it's a bit creepy. It should be passive. It should be. You're being served with the right products. We know that because you're buying more of them (laughs) as a company. The person knows that because they're not spending hours and hours having to search for for what they want. But if you're sitting there going, well, they've gone and harvested my data to tell me that, that's when it's probably crossed that creepiness line. And I guess, though, that companies
0: are still you know, can't do everything. So they can't link it back. I mean, you often, you get follow, you, you go and buy something and then you get followed by adverts for it, even though you bought it. Also, uh, you know, you talked about Netflix, but obviously if you're using a profile, they're expecting that person to use that profile. So one thing that happens to me with Netflix is is that my kids use the same profile. And so I end up seeing all of their stuff, which, and it thinks, you know, it, I get a right mishmash and that's because they, they're using my profile
1: yeah it ruins their data set on you
0: yeah and no no one's gone uh, to the extreme of actually trying to work out who's using the system based on the way that they're using the system, using it as like a signature yeah so they don't you don't have to select a profile automatically. it would just know the way that you were using the controller maybe or the way you were. Selecting it would give you a bit of a signature. Yeah. Um. Do, I mean, do you think those things we're going to get
1: get to that level? Things are starting to get a bit more creepy. Well, I suppose that kind of thing can start when we're talking about things like voice. So Alexa knows who is speaking to her. So in uh, in my household, Alexa. Um, has different profiles based on who it is that's interacting with her. So I can ask about my calendar and my fiance can ask about her calendar and it'll uh, give us different info. We don't have to identify who we are. She knows our voice. So I suppose there is areas where that works and where that makes sense. When it gets into going and searching Netflix, I don't know. What do you think? Does that cross the, the creepy line if Netflix know that it's you because you're scrolling really fast and your kids when they're going through your Netflix scroll in a different way from how you do.
0: Well, I think it's a really interesting one because I think some people might think it's creepy and then other people might think it's very helpful. Yeah. So, maybe we are maybe we're just showing our age, uh Fraser, and that's a strange thing for me to say uh, to you. You know, m- maybe my kids, they wouldn't they they would appreciate that and they wouldn't think it was creepy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I suppose if if it's not creepy, then, how far can a company go so Uber can go and look at uh your battery level on your phone in theory, if you've got you know five percent battery left, you may be willing to spend a little bit more to go and get the uh the car to come and pick you up so that you can get home without having to go and wander the streets looking for a for a black cab. Should they be able to use that data to go and charge you extra? have a have a surge charge for your for your low battery level
0: okay so kind of straight off into morals and ethics really but i I think those things are important do you think that the the morals and ethics that we have right now i mean they're not fully developed are they no certainly not there's more to do there's definitely more to do um, I would say. Okay. Well, I suppose um
1: the morals and ethics in the digital world will be just as complex as morals and ethics in the physical world. Have we ever quite nailed down our morals and ethics in the real world? How how can we expect our digital world to be any further advanced than that? So um I think that will always be a challenge and it's something that organizations will have to bear in mind as they work out exactly how they're gonna go and create different experiences for their for their customers is how you use that to, to everybody's advantage without straying into areas that make people uncomfortable. Okay. So, I mean, in summary,
0: experience inflation. What do you think we've, we've learned over this last uh, 25
1: minutes? <laughs> so I suppose you've learned what, what I think it is. You've learned that, uh, that I think that experience inflation is the continually improving experiences that we have with, with our customers. And, and it's happening all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Everywhere. Every interaction you have, you're setting new standards for, for the best thing you've ever... The, the best way of doing X that you've ever experienced. Do you think it's inflation or do you think it's evolution? I suppose evolution is one side of the coin and the inflation is the other. So as our expectations increase, the technology... And everything that creates the experiences has to keep up. So I suppose experience evolution is the product of experience inflation. Okay. And what, so what would you say in summary then for the whole thing? I'd say that the, uh, the experience that you create for your customers is all you really have. It's the only thing that differentiates organizations from one another. And the experience that your customers are having with different organizations is continually improving. So every organisation needs to be continually focusing on that experience and bringing everything back to it so that they can keep up and uh, improve upon the experiences they're creating for their for their customers.
0: Well, thank you very much, Fraser. This has been a fascinating dive into experience inflation. And for everybody that's listened, I hope you found it deeply entertaining and interesting. I'd also just like to say, if you have any comments or you have any feedback for us, you can always email us at tiedtogetheratkehesus.co.uk. Thank you very much, Fraser. Thank you.